It's a beautiful spring morning in the mountains of Gifu Prefecture. You walk out of your Ryokan all by yourself and plan to head to a small river that you saw not far away to have a swim in the cool, crisp water. As you leave, a staff member asks where you're going. You mention your plan for a swim. They ask, alone? You say, of course, yes. And they warn you, that's a bad idea. It's never safe to go alone. You ignore them and walk along a hiking trail for some time to the river. You take off your top and your shorts, and you hop in the water. It's gorgeous. It feels like something from a Miyazaki movie. Suddenly, you feel a sharp pull on your foot. Then again, and suddenly it feels as if something very strong is pulling you under the water. You look down and what do you see? Something almost human-shaped. Something green pulling you under the water. You kick and you kick as hard as you can and you break free suddenly and you swim back to shore exhausted. What the hell happened? It seems you've just had an encounter with a kappa. My name is Kevin O'Shea, and welcome to the Supernatural Japan podcast. In each episode of this podcast, I bring you the supernatural, strange, quirky, and dark side of history of Japan that you might not hear about anywhere else. The origins of Japanese yokai are deeply rooted in the rich tapestry of Japanese folklore, mythology, and cultural beliefs. The concept of supernatural entities has been part of Japanese culture for centuries, with yokai taking various forms and evolving over time. Now, several factors contribute to the origins of yokai. First, you have folk beliefs and Shintoism. Now, Shintoism, the indigenous religion of Japan, has a profound influence on the belief in spirits and supernatural beings. Many yokai have their roots in the animistic beliefs of Shinto where spirits, both benevolent and malevolent, are thought to inhabit natural elements, objects, and places. Then there are the Buddhist influences. Buddhism, which arrived in Japan from China and Korea, also played a role in shaping the concept of yokai. Buddhist teachings on the cycle of life, death, and rebirth, as well as the existence of various realms and supernatural beings, contributed to the diversity of yokai in Japanese folklore. Then there are the folktales and oral traditions. Yokai stories have been passed down through generations via oral tradition. Local folktales, legends, and anecdotes contributed to the creation and proliferation of yokai stories. And these stories are often served, they often served as a way to explain natural phenomena, unusual occurrences, and moral lessons. Then, through art and literature. Now, the visual arts, including traditional yukio, woodblock prints, and illustrated scrolls, have played a crucial role in depicting yokai and popularizing their stories. Artists and writers have contributed to the development and expansion of yokai rep the repertoire through creative interpretations and new additions to the yokai pantheon. And then there's, of course, the social and cultural commentary. Yokai often serve as metaphors or allegories for social and cultural issues. Some yokai stories reflect fears, taboos, and societal norms, offering a way for people to express and grapple with their concerns through supernatural narratives. 
A Japanese kappa is a mythical creature often described as a water-dwelling yokai with the humanoid appearance. Kappa are known for their mischievous and sometimes malevolent behavior. They are said to inhabit rivers, ponds, and other bodies of water in Japan. The name kappa is derived from the word, the word kawa no kami, which means river deity or river child. Now, there's some key features in kappa, things that make them very distinct. Now, first of all, there's their cucumber dish or sada. A kappa is said to have a dish-like depression on top of its head, which holds water. This dish must be kept filled with water, and if the water spills, the kappa loses its power. Then there's the beaker plate. Kappa are often depicted with a beaker plate structure on their faces. This beak is used to consume their favorite food, cucumbers. Now they have webbed hands and feet. Kappa typically have webbed hands and feet, which aid in their aquatic lifestyle. Some kappa legends describe them as having suction pads on their fingers, allowing them to grip onto their victims. And, of course, kappa are known for their mischievous behavior, which can range from playing pranks on humans to more harmful actions like drowning livestock or pulling people into the water. Kappa are the traditional boogeymen invoked by Japanese parents to frighten young children away from playing near lakes and rivers unattended. Now, in the book, Yokai Attack, uh, it says that in one story... Some uh, 9,000 of the creatures swam en masse from China to Japan around the 5th century. Now, again, according to Hiroko Yoda and Matt Alt in their book Yokai Attack, kappa are generally considered unaggressive but can be absolutely vicious when angered. While particularly famous for challenging unwary passers-by to mano a mano wrestling matches, they are also notorious for ambushing and drowning those foolish enough to swim in isolated and fast-moving waters. One strategy is to simply drag their victim below the surface. Another is to remove the swimmer's intestines from below by punching their slimy hand through their well. You can imagine. There are some kappa sightseeing spots in Japan. The Kapabashi, or Kappa Bridge, area of Tokyo, has a connection to the mysterious creatures. Legend has it that the very first kappa bridge was constructed by a raincoat merchant who had actual kappa build the bridge for him. And there is now a Buddhist temple on that location of the original uh, bridge, and it's named Sojenji, also known by its nickname Kapadera or Kappa Temple. Despite their mischievous tendencies, kappa are believed to be polite and may bow to humans as a sign of respect. There are also various folk tales and stories about clever individuals outsmarting kappa by exploiting their weaknesses, such as their need to bow, which causes the water in their dish to spill. That in turn causes them to lose their powers. Kappa have been a popular subject in Japanese folklore, literature, and art for centuries, and they continue to be featured in various forms of media, including manga, anime, and films. Well, that's it. A little bit more information for you all about the Japanese kappa. Thank you for listening to episode 17 of the Supernatural Japan podcast. I hope you enjoyed our first look at the wonderful yokai of Japan. There will definitely be more episodes like this to come in the future. Now, if you like the spookier side of Japan, please share this podcast with your spooky friends. Also, take the time to check out our new Patreon supporter campaign. We have two tiers ninjas and samurai if you go over to 
patreon.com just slash just japan podcast 97 you can enter the amazing world of lots of bonus content if you become a patron and become a ninja or a samurai you can listen to the spicy wasabi podcast which is a bonus podcast that comes out several times a month all about japan now i'd like to thank charles for joining us as a supporter and helping out both podcasts the Supernatural Japan Podcast and the Just Japan Podcast. And Charles, I hope you're enjoying all that bonus content over there now. Now, if, if you uh, like listening to the Supernatural Japan Podcast, you can come on over and join our growing community on the Facebook page. There's a link in the description below. Come on over, like, and follow us there. You can also email me with any comments, ideas, for stories, and more over at SupernaturalJapan at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Supernatural Japan, on Twitter or X at Mad from April, and of course, come on over to JustJapanStuff.com. Now, don't forget to listen to the other podcasts I create, the Just Japan Podcast. That's right. Each and every episode, I interview a really neat person, a really interesting person who lives in Japan who is doing something very fascinating. That's right. So again, check all those links below. And one more time, come on over and support us at our new Patreon campaign. Uh, The links are all below. There's a lot of great bonus content over there already for you. Okay, well, that's it for episode number 17 of the Supernatural Japan podcast. My name is Kevin O'Shea. I'm the host, and I am very happy that you came over and took the time to download this episode and listen. So wherever you are, I hope you're happy. Hope you're healthy. Stay spooky, and I'll be talking to you really soon. 